1: Love Talk Radio.
0: Neil Thompson speaks where we talk to people who broke free of the corporate world shackles to start their own business. I'm your host, Neil Thompson, official corporate shackle breaker. You can find this podcast on my website, NeilThompsonSpeaks.com, or you can find me on iTunes or Stitcher. Please subscribe and share. Today I'll be speaking with Greg Ward of the Greg Ward Group, author, speaker, coach, consultant. Greg wears many hats. As an author, he has written two books, Bad Behavior. People, Problems, and Thinking Situations, A Toolbox for Managers and Team Leaders. And the second book is The Respectful Leader, Seven Ways to Influence Without Intimidation. As a speaker, he uses professional theater to engage his audience. As a coach, he works with executives on developing strategies that they can implement in their business. I'm interested to speak to Greg about his journey to entrepreneurship, his tips for reluctant entrepreneurs, and his future plans. Let's bring him in now. Hello, Greg. Welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Neil. Uh, Thank you.
0: First question, as a child, what did you want to be when you grow up?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, my father was a professional sports writer. So when I was a little kid, all I knew, I didn't really know what a writer was, but that's what I wanted to be. And that's kind of stuck with me throughout my entire life. Interesting, a sports, a
0: sports writer. So why didn't you become one?
1: Well, um, you know, to be honest with you, he was a sports writer for the New York Daily News. And uh, I met a whole bunch of very famous people growing up. And, you know, people like Muhammad Ali and Joe Namath and um, uh, O.J. Simpson, a lot of football players. I met Arthur Ashe. I met Christy Ebert. Um, and you know what? Those people were in my life all the time. And I knew I wanted to be a writer, but I didn't necessarily – I wasn't all that excited about sports. Uh, I just was more excited about writing, if that makes sense. No, that, that makes perfect sense. When I was a kid,
0: I wanted to be a fire. I never became one.
1: <laughs> right. I
0: guess life has life sometimes takes you in different uh, different directions. What was your first Good, uh, job? Your first adult job? What oh, my it?
1: first my first job. I was a dishwasher in a, res, a restaurant, um, and eventually graduated to being a busboy, uh, and then eventually became a waiter and waiter D. I worked in various kitchens. I in fact, worked my way through high school and through college uh, working in restaurants. Uh, I know a lot about restaurants. Do people, re- if you're
0: really bad to your waiter or waitress, do they really spit in your food in the back?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> doesn't happen. No, so doesn't beca- happen- Well, I never saw anybody do it. Uh, I certainly was tr- treated badly uh, more by the bosses than I was by the customers.
0: Interesting. So there's no,
1: there's no, um, there's no secret sauce that none of us or any of us listening in need
0: to know about.
1: Uh, when it comes to being a customer, uh, treat your waiter as as well as you would like to be treated if you were serving a meal to your family, and uh, you will get great service. Uh-huh. Where to live by, I so, suppose. So, Greg,
0: you, you've had a number of, of various, you know, different jobs. You know, right now, you're the CEO of the Greg Warder Group, but you weren't always that. You've had jobs before that. What prompted you to make moves from those various jobs when you made those moves?
1: Well, I've had quite a few jobs. Uh, very often, I was a freelancer uh, going from contract to contract. I did a lot of freelance uh, journalism for a while. But I also held real jobs, like with salary and an office kind of thing. And to tell you the truth, I am not a good employee. Uh, I uh, I tend uh, to question my bosses. Uh, I tend to be a bit of a challenger. And so I find that I like to make my own life and my own schedule, make my own decisions. So I just... Realized it's much better for me to stay out of uh, a job and uh, run my own company instead. Interesting, interesting.
0: I've always well, I've heard before that it's actually a, not not a bad idea, but a good idea to to challenge you know, ideas that way. The best ideas tend to, to rise to the top. So I'm guessing. That
1: that's exactly it, and I've often find that. Um, there's kind of a, a Peter Principle at work. Sometimes bosses rock to their highest level of incompetence, and um, they, they make their, the lives of their employees somewhat miserable if they're unaware of how they, too, are human beings. Uh, too many bosses, in my opinion, get kind of fooled themselves because they've been patted on the back and elevated and promoted, and no one ever stopped and said, hey, you know what? Some of your behavior is just totally un uncool. And you need to fix that before we elevate you any further. Great, great. Well, I, I did have a
0: question, but you think
1: you answered
0: it. I think you've answered it already. I was going to ask you what really motivated you to become self-employed in the first place. But I guess your answer would be that you weren't that great an employee, so what else were you going to do, right?
1: <laughs> you got me, man. You caught
0: me. <laughs> right, right. Well, the the real—if you don't know—the real goal of of this podcast is for people that are reluctant to start their own businesses to hear from people that have done it and just you know get
1: some some tools and, and tips
0: on on what they can do to go from being reluctant entrepreneurs to actual entrepreneurs. But one of the issues I think that a lot of reluctant entrepreneurs are are dealing with. Is the fear of going off on their own, starting their own businesses? They feel like it's a lot safer to stay an employee at a company. Obviously, you were able to get past that fear if you had it. Well, actually, that's a good question. Did you have that fear of going into uh, business for yourself? And if you did, what? Uh, uh, I, what sh- got you I sure that fear did.
1: From? I sure did. And in fact, uh, even after I started my business, and we we were very fortunate. We hit the marketplace with our our company, a training company, uh, back in the uh, late 90s uh, with a technique, you mentioned it in the opening, of using live professional theater as a training tool for major corporations. We hit that market, and we took off like a rocket. But I can tell you, Neil, I had many, many, many sleepless nights wondering, am I going to be able to pay the mortgage? Am, am I, I going to make payroll? Am I, can I pay the insurance? Et cetera, et etc, cetera, etc, cetera. and you know, do I still have that fear today? Yes, I think it's healthy to have that fear, and that that fear kind of drives us uh, to to do what we need to do to work harder. Uh, but I often say to people because a lot of people come to me and ask me that question well how did you how did you get up the courage to start your own company and strike out on your own and uh, the answer I have is I couldn't do anything else. I felt that the best way for me to be successful in what I wanted to do with my life was to run my, do it my way, run my own company. And I, I didn't fit in well within an organization. So my, my first piece of uh, advice more uh, to, a, to someone who wants to start their own organization is to ask them three questions. And and the first has to do with can you do anything else? Can you can you work at a company as an employee or even as a manager and be happy? And and if if the answer is yes, then you should go do that. Uh, that that's the first question. The second is, uh, do you have a burning passion to do something? in a way that you think is best, and are you willing to put your entire life on hold in order to achieve whatever it is you're trying to do? And if the answer to that is yes, well, that's good. Uh, then, then there is a, a, a reason to become an entrepreneur. And the third question I ask is, can you sleep at at night or at least get enough rest not knowing how you are going to make payroll this month or how you are going to pay your bills uh, for the next couple of months uh, and yet still wake up in the morning and and try. And if the answer to that is yes, then you've got two out of three uh, strong arguments for going ahead and trying entrepreneurship.
0: Wow. It sounds like you've given a a lot of thought into that question. Well, then again, you did say that people back asked that question before. But, you know, even when I decided to go into business for myself, that was basically the first question I had to ask myself, you know. Are you willing to, to, to basically pay, pay the cost to be the boss? And, yeah, yeah well,
1: exactly. If you're,
0: you're, you're, the answer is no to that, then obviously you're destined for an employee life. So, Greg, you are the CEO of the Greg Ward Group you mentioned. You started it back in the late 90s. What exactly is the Greg Ward Group? I really would like to hear more about this live, uh, live theater aspect
1: of, of what you do. Well, all my life, in one fashion or another, I've been doing training. I actually started out as a trainer for the New York City Police Department. And from there, I went on to do other kinds of corporate and government training work. Uh, while at the same time doing a lot of writing, I've worn a lot of hats in my life, I think of a freelance journalist, uh, yeah, as I said, I worked in restaurants. But uh, done, I do a lot of speaking and I do a lot of training. I went to college actually as a theater major. I'm very proud to say that I went to Boston University's uh, College of Fine Arts and I trained as an actor. And I, shortly after getting out of college, I uh, realized I got a, a training engagement doing children's theater. And I realized how powerful theater can be as a way to help people understand complex and loaded issues. So I started creating training programs for my clients using professional actors. And in one way or another, I have been doing that work really since the mid-1980s. So, gosh, how many years is that? Been? A long, long time. So let's put it that way. And I, I've, the Greg Ward Group essentially is a training, consulting, and executive coaching firm that focuses on the areas of leadership and on teamwork and on what we call executive presence. In other words, how you carry yourself, how you behave with other people, how you Act as a responsible leader in today's complicated world wow that's not
0: that's that's all very you know i've never as i said I've never heard anything about you know using professional actors to 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 explain complex issues in a in a company setting are there other companies that do this or are you the only one
1: well uh there are a few. Uh, To be honest with you, it's it's extraordinarily labor-intensive. It's a lot of work to cast the actors. I have a team of actors in New York. I have a team here in San Diego where I'm based. I have a team in the Bay Area near San Francisco and also in Miami, Florida, and in London. I have a team of actors who I can call upon if I have a client who has a need anywhere near any of those locations, I can call upon them and put together a program And uh, it is a lot of work. It's a lot of labor. Also isn't cheap. It it requires an investment on the the part of my my clients to be willing to have us create and deliver this kind of training. It's very effective, uh, if I do say so myself. So there was at one time probably about five companies in North America who did this on a regular basis, Uh, I would argue that we are now one of the longest running that that are still doing it uh, simply because it requires a lot of effort and time. And if you don't really love doing it, it's not worth doing. It's just just a lot of hard work. Yeah, it sounds like it. So
0: these actors that you hire for these engagements, is it? Kind of like a play in that they have lines they have to rehearse yes. and, and know, or they're more like oh, so it's not like improv where they just kind of go.
1: Well, it's it's actually both. Uh, they I I hire actors usually that I've worked with before, and uh, I will write either short scenes for them to perform, which are based on what the client needs, or sometimes I get hired to write a short play. It runs about half an hour, and uh, it's kind of a comedy drama. It's very kind of realistic. Uh, with realistic characters and people, and we do it in any kind of setting. We can do it in a training room, an auditorium, an actual theater, even outdoors. We've performed in all sorts of situations for audiences as small as 20 up to 800 people. And basically, we perform the, the scenes or the, the play, and then I'll lead a discussion with the audience about what they saw, what they experienced, and what they what they wish the characters would have said. Uh, usually there's an element of conflict in the plays. And then I'll bring the actors back out in character to talk with the audience as if the audience is talking to the characters they just saw in the play. And sometimes we'll even have the actors work one-on-one with the uh, audience members to help the audience members learn new ways and new techniques for interaction and interpersonal skill building. So that, that's, That's what we do. We love doing it. It's it's a heck of a lot of fun, very powerful. Our clients really, really like it. Uh, it, And it's it's something that uh, I really get a kick out of doing because I feel like I'm really changing minds and changing lives for the better when I do this work. Wow, that
0: sounds so cool. I wish I had. I wish I worked at a company that that kind of did something like that too. It just sounds so different. That's you know just typical training that you kind of sit there and listen to someone drone on for a while and you start going yeah. on your phone because you're all bored. <laughs> you know. <laughs> this yeah, funny. you, y- you know, I often get
1: the. Cause... They sure it's do, good. and I often get the call from the head of training who calls you up and says, "You don't know me, but I heard about your company." We need you here because we've already had the keynote speaker and the trainer. We need something different and unique that will really move people. And that's what we do.
0: Wow. Well, you know what, that that, that flows very well into my next question. One of the issues that... Reluctant entrepreneurs have, obviously, is, is making enough money. You, you mentioned earlier that you know, one of the questions you asked, after finishing that reluctant entrepreneurs have to deal with is getting clients. It sounds like people tend to come to you, but
1: do you do anything else to, to get clients? Yes. Well, uh, uh, nowadays, almost all of my work comes through referral uh, or repeat business from previous clients, which I feel, again, incredibly fortunate that that comes from me serving and going beyond their expectations over and over again. That's number, number one. And I think most entrepreneurs understand that they always have to go beyond their client's expectations. But the other thing we did and I would urge every entrepreneur to consider doing something like this, we did a showcase. We would literally partner with organizations that were hosting like conferences or meetings or events. And we said, hey, if you give us a platform for what we do, if you let us do a little showcase version of what we do, I guarantee that your uh, clients will be really wowed by the fact that you are in partnership with us. So we got in partnership when we moved to California, we got in partnership with a very large firm. Uh, a a consulting firm that was doing these showcases up and down the state in in nice hotels, and we came in and showcased our work. And we just hit home run after home run. Their clients loved us, and that's how we got uh, all of our business when we started. So I urge every entrepreneur is get out there, find a partner, somebody who is willing to to promote you or at least give you an opportunity to promote yourself in, with integrity uh, and do it in a way that they, you could showcase what you do and what makes you different and unique uh, in front of uh, what my Navy buddies call a target-rich environment. In other words, clients who are most likely to hire you or contract with you for your services. Man, that's,
0: that's, a smart, that's a smart idea. So these showcases, are these something that you uh, are continuously doing with different partners, or do you tend to use the same partner over and over?
1: Uh, we did do it with the same partner. That's an excellent question. We did do it with the same partner, and we haven't done it for a while because, quite frankly, uh, we're, we're kind of overwhelmed with work, which is great. Uh, so we haven't done it for a while, but if we were to do it again, that partner has moved on into other things. So we would probably seek out another partner to do showcases of our work, uh, and that would be, again, it would be the kind of firm that doesn't do what we do but still serves the same target market. Right, right. Uh,
0: another issue I just thought of with people that are considering going into business for themselves or people that are recently gone to business for themselves is just trying to figure out where best to to allocate their the money that they have. Do you yes. have any thoughts on of uh, on priorities on where you should spend your money mostly, and then other places where you don't really have to spend as much?
1: Uh, you know, it it unfortunately, in many respects, it's a a hit or miss proposition. Um, if recently, as you know, I came out with a new book that was published by a big publisher. But publishing has changed significantly, and publishers really don't spend any money on marketing uh, a new book, especially by a relatively unknown author. So I had to pay a publicist and an advertising, a marketing group, to uh, create new websites to help me market my book. And that was very successful for me. It's definitely raised my profile and enabled more people to learn about me and what I do. It cost me a lot of money, and I wouldn't say, this just happened in August, so I wouldn't say that I'm seeing any significant return on my investment just yet, but I believe there will be down the road. I just have to keep plugging away. One of the things we did spend a lot of time on was uh, uh, on the Internet, which was on our LinkedIn page, uh, on my Facebook pages, my professional Facebook page, and we were uh, at the new websites. And, I mean, we did spend a lot of time and money. But, again, we're a professional services organization. So we have to appeal to giant global corporations. We have to look like our websites and the work we do is, you know, the top notch. It's the, it's the best of the best. And that costs a lot of money. Uh, I, think, I think if I had to do it over again... I probably would put a little bit less money into building the uh, LinkedIn and Facebook presence than I did, uh, but, and, and more time on direct marketing to potential clients, which I'm only starting to do now. But uh, it, it, it is, it's, it's hard to know. It depends on the business. It t- depends on who your market is. Uh, for example, I would I, I really uh, in looking back on it. I, I really realized too late that there really isn't anybody who potentially could hire me in my company who looks at face, at our professional Facebook page and says, "Oh yeah, I, I'm on Facebook because I've tried to find a vendor. They're not there. They're not looking on Facebook. They're looking on LinkedIn. They're looking at our website directly, so I think I would have spent a less time and money and effort on Facebook, for example. But that might not be the case for somebody else. Uh, so I guess my advice is find a good marketing professional who knows what they're doing and understands your market space, and then listen to them carefully because I think they will guide you. Well, that,
0: that,
1: that's excellent advice.
0: You mentioned that. For this second book, you you added it uh, published to a publisher. I know a lot of people now that, that want to publish books are doing are going the
1: self-publishing route. Is there a reason that yes. you wanted uh, a publisher as opposed to self-publishing? Yes. Uh, my first book came out as, instead of self-publishing, we call it independent publishing, just so you know. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Because, of, yeah, it's okay. A lot of people still do call it self-publishing. Unfortunately the media has, has realized... When I brought out my first book, I created my own publishing company. I gave it a name. I, I incorporated it. Uh, for all intents and purposes, I, con- I created what's called a small press or an independent press. And okay. back then, that was, two, that was 2002. Really, nobody was doing much uh, self-publishing or independent publishing back then. Now... Everybody is doing it. So the media won't generally, and my publicist made this, this was quite clear once, once I hired my publicist in, in New York, the media won't pay attention anymore to people with self-published books. So they know the game now. Uh, because quite frankly, you can bring out your own book that looks really professional for as little as two or $3,000. it's it's not hard to do. Back when I did it, it cost me around $12,000 and that that doesn't include all the time and effort I put in. But these days you can do it for as little as two or three or even less and it can look good and be very professional looking. And the big media companies uh, have figured that out. And so uh, they're not paying any attention to people who are self-published. That said, I still think that there is, it's a good idea for anybody who's thinking about going into uh, self-publishing or, create, uh, or writing a book of their own. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially if they want to build their personal credibility with their potential clients. It's kind of like an expensive calling card, if you will, business card. If clients are really impressed if you hand them and the say, here's my book and I'll sign it for you clients really are impressed by that, especially if it's a decent book. So I would never discourage anyone from doing it, but uh, the second book that I came out with this year, I really wanted that brought out by a major publisher because I needed and wanted the media to pay attention to me, and that's why I went that route.
0: Okay. All right, that makes sense. Independent publishing, not self-publishing. Duly noted. Thank
1: you, Yeah, Okay. (laughs) I hope you don't mind me saying that. <laughs> oh
0: no, no, not at all. Hey, if I'm saying it wrong to, to other people, I, I look like a fool. Though. So thanks, thanks for uh, for correcting that for me. Well, you know what, Greg, you okay. you, have, you you basically dropped a lot of gems, uh, you know, today today uh, to Greg about things that reluctant entrepreneurs can can think about. Thank you for doing that. Where can people? Well, they
1: can find me on my website. Uh, greg ward group and my first name is spelled with three g's a total of three g's g-r-e-g-g ward w-a-r-d group.com or they can also go to my new book's website that it's basically respectfulleader.com all one word lowercase no hyphens or underscores at .com respectfulleader.com you can find me there and uh, also on LinkedIn, you could find me, uh, the Greg, uh, either me, Greg Ward, G R E G G, or the Greg Ward Group. And also, you can find me on Facebook as the Greg Ward Group. Excellent, excellent. So, so anyone listening, there are a number of, of, of places
0: where you can find Greg. Again, Greg, thanks for being on Neil Thompson's Steve It was a pleasure.
1: Well, it's my pleasure. May I make an offer? that to the first person who contacts me as a result of listening to this podcast, I will send them a free copy of my new book. Oh, sounds great. You
0: heard them, folks. You can get them on Facebook, LinkedIn, the website, Craig Ward Group.com, RespectTheLeader.com. Get that free book. Thanks again, Greg.
1: My pleasure. Thank you, Neil.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Neil Thompson Speaks, people. To learn more about me and Neil Thompson Speaks, please visit Nealtownswithspeaks.com. You can also check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. There are links from my website. Till next time, please take care.